Hey everybody, we're back with a review for Halloween, but this time it's gonna be from the big screen boogeyman boys. Todd and Rich, who have been on the show, went through the whole entire Halloween series, so make sure to go back and check through all that good stuff. But here's a review of Michael Myers' latest installment. Hello, I'm Todd. I'm Rich. And this is Big Screen Boogeyman, the Halloween podcast, where we do a deep dive on each installment in the Halloween franchise. And Rich, we're 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 here. We're at the yeah, end. We're this we're is, this is what we can do. Well, this is the end for now. This is the end for now. You'll probably hear from us again in a year or so, maybe, but yeah. uh, when this is updated. But for now, we have reached the end. We watched Halloween Kills this morning, early, yeah. early, to get this out <laughs> to you as quick as possible. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. We we don't talk about our background here because we don't have any special guests today but so i guess we'll just start with the general question we asked people what'd you think of the film I, I thought it was pretty fun like there's a couple things that rubbed me the wrong way mostly like the the retconning the ending of of the original but other than that there, there's definitely a lot of like fun stuff here and it was a good slasher yeah it was different it felt it felt a little different i ended up liking this it feels like a slightly unique formula uh, yeah. for the franchise um there are some themes in it that are kind of interesting i actually thought during this one which i don't <laughs> normally don't get me wrong it's it's you know it's super, it's surface level deep but still uh it's it's interesting um so yeah i had a good time with this film you ready to jump in yeah okay so we start with the orange lettering credits it's just the basic stuff but we're gonna do mostly it's only like three open. title cards yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. we're mostly gonna focus on like a big open and then get to the to the real credits but we have that basic orange uh, orange uh lettering and then we have one of our least favorite characters camera and walking down yeah. the street. Uh, this is this is also a character who is quite different this time around. Yeah, he is. So we you basically just reboot uh, yeah. Cameron for this. He's nicer. He's a little bit more heroic in here. But but not to spoil too much, we do get to see finally what we want to see with Cameron uh, yeah. eventually. <laughs> but so we see Cameron walking down the street and he sees somebody who is injured, runs up, gets well, over. We, we first we have that quick flash of Oscar still on the fence. Oh yeah. Yes, that's true. We do get the flash of Oscar still on the fence, which is a nice uh, yeah. memory of a, a effed up kill yeah. um, that took place. Absolutely. I like that. And then who does Cameron find alive? This was a big holy shit moment for you because it's yeah. a favorite of yours. Yeah. Hawkins is still alive. The murder pen didn't work. The murder pen that we made fun of in <laughs> the last uh, episode, this uh, specialized murder pen didn't work. Hawkins, um, career actor. What's his name? Will Patton. So Will Patton uh, is alive. And so we get to see more of his acting, which is kind of fun. But also it sets up this whole weird backstory. Yeah. Well, it also it feels like they that either Jason Blum or uh, or David Gordon Green like got some emails about the, like that that didn't sit right with people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it is. As you uh, if you've listened to all of our podcasts, you know, this is one of my least favorite scenes in Halloween history, basically, is when he yeah. gets killed in the last so, movie. Like, we're, we're calling a mulligan on this one. Yeah, let's do it. I'm all for that. Horror 
or go good good for you well i mean that's we'll get into this later but mm-hmm. this is a recurring theme in this this franchise and there, there's an interesting lesson in all of this. yeah absolutely so hawkins is kind of gurgling through all this blood this is a gorier movie yeah i, I liked this it's got a lot of neat gore in it uh and he says he needs, he needs to, to die, die and i'm the one who's gonna kill him yep so a big spoiler alert he's not he ends up <laughs> not being that guy but uh it's a common theme of everyone wanting to take personal responsibility for getting you yeah. know michael out of the the area so but this sets up this really interesting flashback you think of it as a retcon i think of it as almost just like a dumb add-on I, it's like right on the edge for me like yeah. I, I get what you're saying though but we go to a flashback and hawkins we see him being the first one on the scene for the michael yeah. myers shooting which is referenced in the last film so we actually get to see that footage they have a younger actor uh playing him and he sees michael walking around he chases him and let's jump yeah. into it what happens well first i need to at some point check the imdb for this because they either used a bunch of haze filters to make it look retro or they actually shot on film it's it's hard to tell because modern lenses they have a different look to them sure so if, even if this was shot on film it was definitely shot with modern lenses okay uh but like that's how you get that kind of like you know the the grainier appearance the the softer like highlights everything looks 70s sure um and and i i think that that's what they're they're going for with this flashback but uh is is this the this is the the hawkins flashback did the lonnie flashback already happen i think the how like him as a kid getting bullied or that happens that comes later oh it it all kind of happens together so we flat it's hawkins trying to catch him uh trying to catch michael jim cummings shows up yeah Uh, indie darling jim cummings indie darling jim cummings you should check out his films uh they're great but he jim cummings always a cop always a cop (laughs) he does love playing a cop and starts talking and then it's when the kids are bullying okay they're kind of interspersed together so it was i i set you up to fail when i just said what happened uh there so kids are bullying um this guy and we find out it's lonnie who it took us a little bit to put this together but lonnie is cameron's dad uh but this is seeing lonnie as a kid and he's getting bullied by a group of kids and then michael fuck with the delaney's don't fuck with the delaney's (laughs) is what these kids say to him um they're about to really kind of bully him even more when a cop shows up and tells them to go home lonnie breaks off from them and we find out lonnie had an interaction with michael myers as a kid yeah i mean and we also find out that michael myers is a grizzly bear so you just lay dead (laughs) and and he'll go away that's right that's absolutely true that's that's his uh modus operandi so uh kids are bullying him oh yeah um hawkins and cummings walk through the myers home it goes back to them the obligatory dead dog yes the dead dog is there the theme remains throughout halloween at this point putting a dead dog in is like an homage uh to like previous halloween films i'm just glad that since we were watching it at at my place that uh yeah my my wife didn't come in during the dead dog scene part yeah Yeah, it is a it is a common theme. So uh, Cummings, Jim Cummings, we, I don't know his actual character's name. It doesn't matter. That's Jim Cummings. He gets uh, he goes up to walk through the Myers house and he goes to this spot in the window of uh, Michael's original victim. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he he starts off with this little like catchphrase and then he repeats it in this scene. It's Haddonfield where nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. And then as he's saying it into the the window this time around, he doesn't finish it before Michael just stabs 
the shit out of him. Yeah, Michael kind of almost tackle stabs him, yeah. basically. And then then uses him as the human shield. Yeah, he tackle stabs him, uses him as a human shield against Hawkins, who has heard what goes on, goes up there, and this leads to like a critical background thing that's new to the Halloween mythology. Uh, some fans are going to hate this because they do kind of change up, you know what I mean, yeah. some of what happens here. Uh, Haw- uh, Hawkins has a gun pulled. He is trying to shoot Michael Myers before Michael Myers officially kills Jim Cummings and he ends up shooting Jim Cummings in the neck in the neck and then uh he has this I am so fired look yeah (laughs) (laughs) well Michael throws Jim Cummings to the ground and runs away and Hawkins also has three or four more shots at him and just misses yeah Uh, so Hawkins not a good he's a early detective or an early uh police officer in his career but not a good shot and he misses him but this leads to then Michael exiting the house and oh we see Loomis yep that's what it is have our our Loomis tees. Now, this does not excite me personally. Like, as much as a Loomis person as I am, it doesn't excite me to see Loomis in CGI form. Yeah, you you don't want to see his, like... The, the Leia moment? <laughs> no, I really don't. Like, when I saw him, I have to admit, I ended up liking this movie, as I said at the beginning, but it, this beginning part is maybe the weakest part yeah. for me in the whole film. Uh, when I saw CGI Loomis, it, it really took a piece of my soul, if I'm being honest. Well, and this this is something that, like, I I don't think that this would have registered as much to me had, had we not just gone through all of these movies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having been immersed in the, the Michaelverse, we've noticed a lot more in these films and and these little continuity things yes. you know if, if you're watching this once and you know sometimes these sequels are years later this okay. might not even register for you but exactly it is our job as the big screen boogeyman to complain about it yes agreed and you're welcome audience yeah so Cummings yeah Loomis <laughs> yells up the stairs at Michael Michael follows him out of the house and then surrenders uh, surrenders well we find out later gets the crap beaten out of him right and but yeah. he kind of surrenders Michael exits in the there's this weird scene where police officers are all just standing there yeah. and Loomis is standing behind him and Michael is caught. And for you, this is kind of a retcon. For me, it's just kind of a weird interpretation of what we didn't see in the first film. Well, it, it felt like they had just replaced the spot where Loomis shot Michael at all, you know, with with this scene that happens in the window. Because up until this point with the film previous and taking Halloween into, you know, just a Halloween one into the canon, Michael's still a human being like so I think that they did that so that there would be less of this you know ambiguity already as to whether he's human or not interesting interesting see I thought of it and I don't know me maybe I'm wrong uh this is weird because it's the only one I've seen just once when I'm playing you know doing Mm -hmm. one of these episodes uh but I would have to watch it a second time to me it just felt like it was like at the end of part one when he gets up and walks off it felt like it was a continuation of that but I'm not sure what they're completely doing either way we now know it's history that Michael at some level just kind of got caught yeah, by a bunch it's of It's an off-brand sausage. moment. Yeah, off-brand moment. So uh, that leads to a what moment and then boom, Halloween kills. The yeah. the real credits start. And what did you think of those? Uh, I, I think that you you nailed this when, yeah, when you described this as a uh, as kind of a James Bond intro. Yeah. It's like it really does kind of have that feel. Yeah. We have just burning pumpkins everywhere and like the, <laughs> all that's missing is the silhouettes and then we'd be in a Bond film. Yeah, that would have been wonderful. Uh, but yeah, 
it's this weird, it kind of fits with the Halloween brand, but kind of felt a little different. I didn't mind him. I thought it was kind of interesting. Seeing yeah. Flaming Pumpkins, that was a new one. We've watched all these and this was, you know, it's in the upper half of like opening credits. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. So then we get to a bar with lots of chatter. It should be noted, this was probably of all the films we've watched, the hardest one to take notes on because yeah. it's edited pretty rapidly and the story structure is a little different. And a lot just happens. Like yes. this film series has a lot of these like long shots, you know, where you're just building tension. You know, mm -hmm. th and this film instead is just like, nope, stuff is happening. Yep. Like, Stuff's happening constantly. We're cutting back and forth between tons of yeah. different things that are going on. It's chaos. It's it but, feels chaotic, yeah. But we rejoin some characters from the the last movie in a yeah. bar as it's open mic night with Tommy Doyle and the Michael monologues. Yes. This is uh, funny. It just gives you some flavor of Haddonfield. Like, I actually, yeah. I kind of like this. It may have gone a little too long. Like, this mm -hmm. movie could be an hour and 35 minutes just fine. You oh, yeah. Could, you could cut about 10 minutes from it. But it was fun to get some local Haddonfield flavor, see what the town was like. With this, having only watched this once, uh, it's it's hard to say this definitively, but it does feel like some of the scenes here could have been cut for a you know a tighter theatrical run sure. and then put back later in like a director's cut sort of configuration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you had to want that longer cut, you know, for all of this stuff to be in there. Sure, sure. I wonder if there will be an even longer cut. There must be. Yeah. It seems like there could be some more stuff there because the, you're as you're right, so much stuff happens. But um, basically, we're at this bar. We meet a couple of people. Anthony. Michael Hall is now playing Tommy Doyle 40 years later, yeah. uh, which is interesting casting. He looks intense. Anthony Michael Hall just looks like a, yeah, he <laughs> has, uh, he's been big for like a lot of his adulthood when, you know, it's so mm -hmm. funny to think about that when you think about his teen years. But uh, yeah, he's, you know, fine as this casting. He works well for what they do with Tommy Doyle yeah. in this film. I know I've seen him in stuff as an adult, but yeah. like, like mentally he is still just Breakfast Club Anthony sure. Michael Hall. Sure. And a common theme here, bringing back other characters characters or old characters. Lindsay from the first film is back. The nurse. The, the nurse from the first film who was also an H2O. She gets to come back again, which is great for her. I'm excited about that. And uh, Lonnie. And, yeah. And then Lonnie is there. We see an older Lonnie played by an actor whose name I do not know, but I like in all the most of the yeah. stuff he's in. He's just a, he's like a decent, good character. He's actor. becoming a that guy. Yeah. He is becoming a that guy. He's also in Midnight Mass, which is a show I'm watching right now. Nice. Uh, so he's a yeah, good guy. But we, so we get introduced to all those characters cut to car where Lori is in the back of that truck. They are yep. on their way to the hospital and all of a sudden these fire trucks start driving by and she screams, let it burn, let it burn. <laughs> uh, this was in the trailer. So, I mean, I yeah. kind of knew this was coming, but it sets up, oh shit, they're going to go try to get Michael. This is also like Lori's only line for the entire first half of this movie. It yeah. feels like Rich was really nervous. We were going to have a completely unconscious Lori. Yeah. We were going to basically repeat, repeat Halloween two, uh, where, where I, she's out for a long period. I, of time. I do remember telling you that it, I would have felt like it was bullshit. Had they, they killed her on the operating table or something like that. Yes, absolutely. Well, because she has to go through uh, surgery, like right when she gets there and then yeah. she goes into recovery and we were just thinking about how incredibly lame it would be to kill her off that way but nope nope they uh they 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 she's a survivor she's yep. gonna make it so, so we cut back to the burning house yeah we go to the burning house the fire department is fighting the fire one of the uh firemen falls through the floor the, the stairs yeah yeah falls through the stairs uh we see somebody reach in to try to help somebody up out of there and that's when michael's hand comes in and grabs it and yep. michael's out he gets up and we see him walk out of the front door of the house with that fire behind him it's really cheesy looking but in a way 
way that I kind of like. Yeah, I, 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 I like the I, look of this. I didn't mind the cheese. I just liked that scene. Also, it's an interesting choice. So, you know, this sort of scene has been done in slashers and horror movies before. Sure. But typically it is accompanied with, you know, someone wearing a fireman's mask to try and sneak out. And Michael's like, fuck no, I'm, huh. I'm Michael Myers. I'm just walking out and you're going to deal with it. And so he picks up the fire. The It's like a fire pick or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you use. That uh, and then we for. have an axe fight. Yeah. Well, this happens twice in this film because you brought it up the first time it happened and I hadn't even thought about it. You said, is this his first like group kill? So yeah. he kills like four people. I guess unless you count the Halloween uh, Rob Zombie film, yeah. which I know you want to get out of your mind. But like, uh, you know, when Michael escapes in the uh, the theatrical cut, other than that, it's the only one I can think yeah. of. And this one's better than that. But he takes out a couple of uh, firefighters. It looks like a Kung Fu oh, yeah, movie. Like, yeah, they, they've got fire hoses and axes and one dude's got like the <laughs> the rotary saw and yeah like there's it's a great little scene uh, something about the guy trying to use the hose on michael just makes me yeah. giggle a little bit yeah, yeah. It, well part of it, it it feels like it's a scene that's there for like the tough guy in the audience it's like well, i could take michael <laughs> like and he's like oh shit maybe not <laughs> And you know that guy was there too. Oh yeah, he's yeah. gonna be there tonight. Yeah, he'll be there tonight. That's funny. so. We go back to the hospital, and my notes I wrote down here are trauma, trauma, trauma. So it's Lori being uh, treated for her uh, problems. It's Karen soothing Allison at the same time. They're talking about the death. They're reflecting on, and I, I actually kind of like this because yeah. a lot of times in these sequels, we just have to move on real quickly. You know, we're not yeah. continuing the story of the original. There's something fun about a pre-planned. Trio, you know, trio of films because, you know, you could settle in here and really yeah. develop stuff that happened in the first film. So they actually experience sorrow about the dad dying. Yeah. Uh, we're all sad Toby Huss is gone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they express well, sorrow. Yeah, and you have that. that scene where she's like washing her bloody hands and like washing the the wedding ring and yeah. great efficient little writing. I liked yeah. that. I, I personally, I know we'll get to our rankings since this is a longer episode, a slightly longer yeah. episode. Um, But I personally, in some ways, liked the writing in this one a little better than the first one and that it felt a bit more grounded. Maybe yeah, it's it was just definitely more like character driven. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, I liked both, but I that's how I feel at least. The next thing that's on here is we go to the house next to Lori's house. Yeah, this, this is drone talk. Drone talk. So <laughs> what the fuck? Talk, take me through the process of how this drone ended up getting into this movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that someone just bought a drone and they were messing around <laughs> with it. They're like, yeah, let's use it. So uh, for for anyone who doesn't know, I actually do fly drones, and I will tell you this: um, one, the drone that she's flying is yes. is pretty tricky because like the cheap ones have no nothing to help you. It oh. is all just your thumbs on the sticks. But the other thing that anybody who's spent any time around drones can tell you is that even those little ones, so those those fans spin so fast mm -hmm. that I cut open my finger on a drone the size of a pack of cigarettes oh, because God. yeah, they're they're fast and they they'll get you so you don't want to like taunt the elderly with no so like yeah. when when they flew the drone in into michael it probably didn't feel great no wow michael's tough so while they're flying this drone this old couple flies into like a dark room and yeah. basically gets like swatted away or well, like well he distracts her she crashes into the wall he's like i'm gonna do it now and then like as soon as it's into the air you hear it like hit something and it gets thrown back to him crumpled yeah. up yes and that, that's our first sign. sign that things are not not so great no <laughs> 
<laughs> so they go in there and um, basically we just get a kill scene, right? I mean, yeah, we, we get, get a double kill. We get a double kill and it's pretty brutal, but it has this thing that I really love in there. They So the 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 husband, let's start yeah. with that, gets murdered. He gets pulled backwards through a window. Yes. Onto and, the glass. And gets his head beaten in and he's kind of unconscious for a little while while yeah. the wife then gets... She grabs a knife. She grabs a knife and then uh, Michael is basically, he stabs the woman in the neck with a light uh, yeah yeah she has it okay now i remember this sorry um this is great she has a knife michael just pulls out like that fluorescent lighting yeah yeah, (laughs) breaks it goes up stabs her in the neck with it and it is oh there's something about glass needle like needly sort of things going into the body it's very awkward to look at they also make it extra horrible by by making it clear that she is still alive and slowly dying from this as she's watching michael ab test knives in her kitchen on her husband so this is the thing that i ended up loving which is you just get you know there's this knife block and michael just keeps taking out one knife after another and stabbing it into the guy as hard as he can and it's just this perfect blend of like funny and disturbing yeah and then he gets the one that he likes he's like okay we'll go with this this one this is the one that works so you get some good kills there then um, anyone who's worked in a kitchen can tell you that the quality of your kitchen knives it's important it is Very, very true. So he's got to test out those ones. He finds the one he likes. The As we were watching this, you had brought up the point, how long before everybody gets a text or yeah. you know, like something like yeah. that? Where and is the text saying that, hey, Michael's back? Michael's back. Uh, so we go to the bar and Lonnie gets a call that it's happening again. He gets a call from uh, Cameron, yeah. uh, who's basically like... Well, and that's where guy. we realize that Lonnie is Cameron's dad. The yes. same Lonnie that, you know, that Toby Huss was talking about dropping acid with back in the day. Yes, it adds so much flavor to that. Uh, you know, it adds yeah. a face now to that flavor that was given to us in the first uh, episode. It, it does introduce a problem for me because it establishes that, you know, Cameron should have known what the fuck was going on with all this stuff. Yes. And was still being a huge asshole. Yeah. 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 Cameron, complete dick. They try to save him in this film a little bit. Meh. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't really work. Um, but yeah, so all that is happening. Cowboy shows up to the death scene, finds a bunch of bodies. This is what hashtag should have canceled Halloween. Hashtag should have canceled Halloween um, for sure. So this is when we get back to the bar and they're all getting texts. The doctor and nurse couple. There's this couple that are there, uh, not the nurse from the original film, but they're dressed up as a doctor and nurse. I, I think that they are the couple that it teases, it makes you think that they're going to get killed in the one before then. Like, that's when Michael's on the street and... Oh! Like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and about. he's like, oh, I gotta go get my, you know, stethoscope. Because like, he mentions his stethoscope leaving it behind again in this one. What a weird throwback to the yeah. first movie. You're well, right, though. But yeah. they bring all these people back because, mm-hmm. you know, the kids that were in the masks come back later. Basically, everyone was on that. But this works in small town, you know, sure. mindset. Because, yeah, yeah, everybody does know each other and there's only so many people in town. Mm-hmm. So uh, this couple, um, that, that is so much more interesting now that you think about it in the context of the first film. Good call. Um, that couple go out to their car and the husband forgets the stethoscope again. again. And he's going to go back into the bar. That's great. And then the woman finds somebody in the back of her car. Yep. Yeah. So finds somebody in the back of her car, freaks out, gets out. Now, yep. I already guessed who this was because they kind of hint at it. They, they make sure to bring up in the news that they're showing earlier that like it, Michael wasn't the only mental yeah. patient to escape. So I kind of figured this was a misdirect. I assume you did. Yeah, too. As, as a as a horror fan, it's a classic red herring. Sure. Yeah. And so they go in. She freaks out. 
a big mob starts to come out. Anthony Michael Hall leading it. And yeah, this this establishes that there's the posse building in. Yeah, a big theme of this movie is like how scary rage can turn. Uh, yeah. Like like <laughs> in a group context can become. Um, it's a weird film in that like it's it's kind of ambiguous in the way that it. I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. Um, ho- uh, hopefully the third will add some sort of moral clarity to it. Um, but yeah, so uh, the mob comes out. Oh yeah, and Tommy gets his his bat Huckleberry. Old Huckleberry, yeah. From, from the bartender and is like, <laughs> Tommy's gonna fuck him up. <laughs> Tommy's gonna fuck him up. And so he goes out and he wants to. The car drives away. The guy yeah. uh, gets in the front of the car, drives through traffic, freaks out, starts to run away. And this is when we start to to realize that this mob mentality is starting to take over yeah. a little bit. And that this is gonna get a little bit crazier. So then we go to um, Michael's house. And punk my- ass kids. Punk mm-hmm. ass Some things kids. never change in Haddonfield. So we go to Michael's house. There is a couple there, uh, two men named uh, that call each other Big John and Little John. Yeah. And they have taken Michael Myers' childhood home and flipped it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and turned it into a nicer house. Hey, man, housing prices are, are up Yeah, right sure. Now. I agree. Hey, take a murder house. Uh, yeah. Well, take a murder house as long as the murderer is actually out of the equation. That's Do fair. not buy a murder house where the murderer is still active. You know what? Good call. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to go with you on that. So these kids uh, come up, knock on the door of Big John and Little John's house. Oh, what, real quick. So Big John doesn't want to watch Halloween movie. He's, he's like, Halloween movie. Yeah, he's smoking a joint listening Let's to Let's listen to albums. some spooky records. Yeah. How many spooky records are there? Are there I, enough? I actually own a spooky record or two. You do? Yeah. Like enough for the whole night? That well, not, not for a whole night, but like I know that they exist. Sure, sure, sure. I just thought it was interesting. Maybe it's just because I watch so many damn movies. The idea yeah. of somebody saying they weren't in the mood for a movie just weirds me out. But yeah, I just Fair. thought it was a funny piece of dialogue. So they get a knock at the front door and it is a kid who is freaking out and saying, we got candy bars from your house and there's a razor blade in one of them. And now my friend is bleeding. And so this goes back to yeah. that classic horror tale. Yeah. But it's also such a weird scene. Like, why would you go back to the house that you got a razor blade? From? Sure. But but it works. It, it gets them outside. And then we, we have a, a tease scare where the door closes. Yes. Uh, and we think maybe it's Michael, but it's actually just kids. And well, these are the kids that were in the Halloween three masks in yes. Halloween or in the last one. And so now we're following them later on in the night. Yeah, absolutely. And so they have decided to pull a prank on him. They steal the candy. And then the two uh, men, Big and Little John, tell the story of Michael Myers. Yeah, and it scares them. Myers house. The only thing that's unrealistic is kids that age wouldn't have been scared by that story yeah. and run off. That's, I got to call bullshit yeah. on that. But like, they'll be like, do you know what we have to practice at school? <laughs> <laughs> So this leads to then one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie. We go to the hospital and the reason it's my favorite part of the movie is that we see the dead body of Sartain. I like that they have realized, wow, that was a bad character. And they basically are like, here, here he is. He's still dead. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, because we have a lot of characters that we thought were dead or dying that are coming back to life in this movie. And then that one, they're like, oh, no, by the way, he's still gone. Yep, absolutely. So I, I, I think I did ask you, like, how, how would you feel if he like sat up there. I mean, it would really disappoint me. <laughs> 
because <laughs> this is a smart film. And yeah, I uh, for if you're randomly listening to this episode first and hadn't listened to us before, we uh, I really hate Sartain yeah. uh, from the last film. I, I find him uh, intolerable almost to the plot. It almost messes up the movie for me. Uh, so yeah, just to see his dead body was great. And then we go to kind of a debrief with the Strodes. Yep, yep. She and Karen talk about the trauma and taking him out. Allison then wants to join a mob. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Cameron shows up and is like, we're getting a mob together with my dad. We're going to go out. We're going to kill him. And Allison is a teenager. And she says, fuck yeah, let's Holy do shit. It. I just realized that mm-hmm. the Toby Huss was right, that she was going to get all in the guns. And <laughs> <laughs> all the warnings from the first film. So true. Uh, Toby Huss was a genius. Uh, so yeah, this uh, is, I think, uh, you know, a nice enough little scene. It sets up the stakes. It sets up the different directions that yeah. they're probably going to end up going in. So then we we go into the parking lot with Lonnie and, you know, he opens the tackle box full of guns. Mm-hmm. They're like, you, you got a permit for those? He's like, some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Establishing Lonnie is, yeah, somebody who uh, is a little bit shadier uh, than, than your average person. Lindsay and the nurse. Okay, so this is uh, basically Allison comes out and joins them against her mom's yeah. wishes. And they start to break up into little mini posses and go around and look for people. And we see them warning people to go into their houses. It's setting up this, you know, terror night that's about to happen. Yeah. And the group that has the nurse from the original film, Lindsay, and then the couple that we met, uh, the doctor and nurse dressed up couple, um, are in a car together. So that, that nurse is one of the few people that Michael has killed twice. Yes. So, and that's what happens. Basically, they find these kids. Is and Tommy a- Doyle in that club as well? I think. Tommy Doyle, has he been? No. I think, didn't he die at the end of six? I don't think he dies at the end okay. of six, does he? I could be wrong, though. It's been a minute. It's and- been a minute, and I don't remember that. I don't think he dies. Tommy, uh, she's been in almost as many films now. Oh, yeah. She's been in four films. Uh, so, because she was in Halloween 1 and 2, yeah. H2O, and this. So, she's probably one of the people who's been in there the longest. So, let's see where we are. Oh, so that thing shows up. They find these kids on a playground. And I actually kind of yeah. like this scene, because Lindsay gets out of the car and is like, I got to go talk to these kids and tell them to go away. She yeah. goes up. She says tells the kids to go away. They're being little jerks, which yeah. is what kids would do <laughs> on well, Halloween night. And then they're like, there's this weird guy in a white mask that keeps trying to, to play hide and seek with us. Yeah. It's like, what kid would think that that's normal? <laughs> yes. Well, I guess maybe on Halloween. I don't know. You're right. I uh, <laughs> They do act like it's just like a playful thing. But then Lindsay looks over and sure enough, it is Michael Myers and he's by the car. And then we get into like a murder apocalypse. So basically. I'm, I'm going to ask this question here since mm-hmm. um, this movie dispatches these these children sure but do you think that it tells you that they're going to die because they're wearing the halloween three masks interesting is this <laughs> that <laughs> can you imagine if just in the back really in the background somewhere we should have heard that yeah, the, Marty, yeah. or you know this is halloween yeah yeah we should have heard that halloween three theme that would have been great uh but yeah it's it's uh you know a reference people like the seeing the halloween three masks uh, is kind of fun but so he stabs the nurse the yep. nurse basically tries to shoot him uh, a couple times and misses. Well, yeah, so there, there's first he like tries to do the the hand from the top of the car again, but the nurse knows that trick. Yes. Uh, if anyone does. Yeah. Very, um, very subtle homage. Not really that subtle, I guess, to the original.
original film. Yep. So she she shoots out all the windows and then opens the door to Michael and says, this is for Loomis, and then is out of bullets. Then she gets stabbed. Classic trope. Yeah. So she gets stabbed. Then he stabs the guy in the back from the couple. Yeah, through the the, eye. Oh, and it is revolting. Yeah. It is really great effects. The gore in this is just significantly better than the first And they also play with the tropes that the guy was not the doctor, that the the woman was the doctor, and she's dressed as a nurse, and he's the nurse, and he's dressed as the doctor. Yes, yes. So so the woman who is in the nurse outfit takes uh, a fucking desert eagle, one of the biggest guns in existence. She has a gun, and then Michael kicks the door open in this way that causes the gun to flip around and and shoot herself, uh, which is some, that is, that is some mind control. That is some body control, Michael. Good job. It's, it's the thing that they say later. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, they try and save Hawkins by saying is what happened to Jim Cummins. Interesting. So that's, that's the same. It's like poetry. It rhymes. (laughs) It's uh, thank you, George Lucas. So yeah, Alice, uh, and then almost kills Lindsay, but she runs and hides. Well, first she gets the pillowcase full of cinder blocks and clobbers him over the face. And it works a little, but not much, yeah. honestly. Michael, okay with bricks to the face, yeah. it, it turns out. Um, but, you know, she runs. He's a brick house. <laughs> she, <laughs> she runs, and uh, Michael does that slow walk after him. It reminds me, whenever I see that now, I think of the rise of Leslie Vernon. Yeah. When, he talk, <laughs> when he talks about how much muscle you need to be able to, you know, walk and make it run and basically make it look like walking. Well, it's, it's also a couple important lessons here that, mm. you know, you can run, but you can also hide. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it, it establishes that Michael is a ring wraith because she hides in, in the same way that Frodo does in the first Lord of the Rings, you yeah. know, like under that little berm and... <laughs> She's learned. So Allison, Lonnie, and Cameron find then they drive up and they see uh, what I would call the carousel of death. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Michael has because he's got a little sense of humor. He's a little yeah. he's a little weird. He, he likes posing. Yes, he has taken um, the masks and put them on the dead um, bodies. The doctor and and the nurse. Yeah, the woman dressed up as the nurse who is a doctor. It's yeah. kind of confusing well, to describe. They are a doctor and a nurse dressed as a doctor and a nurse, but not the way that you'd expect right and then we also had the other nurse who's dead now yes. so, yeah, so we have uh but this carousel of death it's just kind of creepy uh it's yeah. spinning around you've got these dead bodies on it i like it it's well, a nice little moment it also establishes you know a, a pattern at least in this movie because there was a lot of of michael posing people after the fact in this one yes like he's he's done this through the whole series but like this this kind of put it at the forefront yeah he's got a dramatic fair uh dramatic flair he's uh he's 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 got a he's got a nice little eye for an aesthetic and then uh, tommy doyle pulls up right tommy doyle pulls up and well yep tommy doyle pulls up and and of course he drives a fox body mustang every every 80s guy identifies with tommy doyle right now yep absolutely it's uh tommy tommy aged with some issues he's got some uh he's got some things he's compensating for he's got some issues um and then i have next that they go to the hospital yeah and so we have Lori and hawkins talk about the fact that they kissed now here's what i'm wondering are they alluding to the fact that he might be judy Greer's dad so i feel like they're almost going for that but mm-hmm. then like then he kind of expressly says that they only kissed that night okay. but yeah like it, it kind of leaves it in this limbo where you're not really sure where they're 
going with that. Yeah. They, but it is like it's an, an adorable moment. And sure. like these are, you know, two of the best actors in this film. So yeah. like they can actually play off one another. And it's 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 good. And I don't know if you had this written down, but it, it led to my favorite reference of the movie, uh, which is the Ben Tramer name <laughs> drop. Yeah, there was a Ben Tramer name drop. Yep. I felt like that was just made for me. But I guess a lot of people like Ben Tramer as well, like as a as a name. Not a the cops of Haddonfield. Not the cops of <laughs> so true it, it would have been funnier if he had said you know and i always knew you had the hots on ben tramer yeah same shame he got murdered <laughs> would have been it there. cuts back and it's him yeah <laughs> so uh they're having but, that talk yeah then we go back to the theme the theme line evil dies tonight yes uh, anthony michael hall gets haddonfield riled up yeah. yelling evil dies tonight and laurie uh is finds it's, out that he's alive it's an important lesson that yeah. maybe you should not make really huge decisions based on slogans and and just you know that lizard brain part of you sure there's a real um there's kind of a hatred for americans in this film <laughs> if that makes sense or like, i don't know if it's a hatred but just or a, like a, a real recognition cynicism. of what we kind of actually behave like sometimes that's fair it's it's a very cynical view of humans yeah. i would say at the very least maybe not hatred after yeah. the last year and a half i'd say it's a pretty accurate view of humans. no it's <laughs> completely fair what i i mean it in the way that there's almost something satisfying about yeah. seeing movies shit on people uh well, like in this way because yeah everyone just immediately is like yes evil dies tonight and they start saying uh chanting it laurie has found out that michael is alive yeah and has an awesome scene she freaks the fuck out she is <laughs> she gets up and she says well the system failed and uh Get the when fuck out of my way yeah, her daughter karen who's always being a karen yeah. uh says there is a system in place to deal with this you have to let the system take uh, yeah. take its place and then she says well the system failed gets yeah. up grabs pain meds and shoots herself up with a bunch of pain meds and then pulls a knife out of the yeah <laughs> the bin of clothing yeah you gotta love this scene because laurie is not fucking around yeah. like it's uh this contrast between here and the film from 42 years ago now yeah. uh, at this point it's just so well, interesting and, and it's she's a great character it's really interesting because you know she doesn't try to like you know act like an action movie star she doesn't try and be arnold or anything True. like that but yeah she is just you can recognize that she has hit a point in her character's arc where she's like no i'm fucking done with yes. all of this over it i i am i'm not sitting on the sidelines i'm on the field so she pains herself uh, she pain meds herself up and then we cut to um big john and little john's house again yeah or the old myers house and there is a knock on the back door yeah. and then a knock on the front door <laughs> and the two Johns go to different doors, yeah. basically. And then they each grab a knife, and then you have this, I've got this knife, I've got this knife See, And God, I it would have been horrible, but I really... Because, yeah, they were like, I've got this knife, I've got this yeah. knife, and I just wanted Michael to show up and say, I've got this knife. Yeah. Uh, I see you've played Knifey Spoonie <laughs> <Knifey>. before. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but, you know, that obviously doesn't happen because in reality, that would have been the most horrible scene yeah. or thing to happen. But just, there, you know, there was a couple scenes in this movie where, yeah. like, it would have ruined everything, but I would have laughed my ass off of Michael oh, Fox. Yeah. Like, oh, especially God. if he, like, talks like a Bond villain with like, a German accent or, you know, just something like that. Yeah. Oh, Adam was so sure. Uh, our guest from a previous show was so sure that he was going to talk this uh, yeah. this episode. <laughs> I just want to bet with him. So, all right. <laughs> I just realized that. Um, so they go to the back and the front door and then. Uh, 
then it is little John who realizes someone's there and he says someone's in our house and it's not a child. Well, so they they do some like teasing that like Big John is is like strong or like yeah. a fighter or something like that. And then, yeah, he, he goes up off. and gets stabbed up through the armpit into the heart. You know, that the old night kill. Well, and this one would be almost my contender at the end of this episode. We're going to do the best three kills for okay. us in Halloween. You know, like uh, the, the whole franchise. Uh, th- this this is probably in my top 10, to be honest, because mm. I liked the armpit. But then he does something that I'm a sucker for, which is a good face squeeze. Yeah. Uh, and so, oh, yeah, like, and an eye gouge where eyes like out. the yeah. eyeballs pop out of the head. Like yeah. it's it's pretty. Yeah. And then Michael goes up and looks out the window, realizes little John is there. And then from the view of outside, we see him turn around, walk toward little John and we hear little John scream. I don't mind having a death off screen here because they give you so much other good stuff in it. But yeah, so little John and big John are dead. The hospital starts to get overrun by the mob. Yeah. like These scenes must have been interesting to shoot. There's so many people in there. It's so Well, especially right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Of course, that would have been difficult because it's. It, I think COVID makes these scenes feel even more uncomfortable now because yeah. people are just packed and like it's that energy where it's almost uncomfortable because at any moment the crowd's energy could overtake you and like knock you down. It's got that kind of feel to it. How many nose swabs do you think that scene took? <laughs> <laughs> It's gotta be hundreds. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I would love to see a behind the scenes thing on how this movie was made uh, in this particular era. Laurie and Hawkins discuss how Hawkins couldn't kill him, so he believes he's the one who fails. Yeah, who had failed. Laurie talks about what he's done to the town. So this is this gets into this idea of like fear collectively destroying populaces. Yeah. Like I think if he's trying to tell a deep message, it's about this concept of like fear creating a mob mentality. Uh, and yeah. So um, that that message is there. Um, and at this point the crazy guy uh the one who we has has been running around like one of the other escape mental patients is in the hospital and the mob is going crazy trying to catch him he shows up at the hospital looking for help because of the car accident yes and then quickly realizes oh these people are about to kill me yeah and this is where we you know it it gets into this idea of uh some of the morality in the film we're clearly showing that this mob isn't just a good thing all right you know it's not just it's not like a Halloween four, for example. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then, you know, Judy Greer uh, or Karen finds him and, and like locks him into this corridor, yeah. but the mob gets past her and it's, it's a pretty like emotional scene watching this mob trying to break into this hallway to kill this guy. And then him deciding that his only way out is to take the fire extinguisher, break out a different window and then just jump. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he kills himself and it's really graphic. There's this yeah. one shot of the head, which, with the head like completely busted open and his jaw is still kind of moving a little bit and it it made me wince which doesn't normally happen. And that's what when Laurie drops the line now he's turning us into monsters. Yes. Yes. Is that Laurie? I thought it was Laurie. I I have it as bracket. Okay. Oh, I will trust your your notes. It's one of us. Yeah. So I had but it's one of them. Yeah. So somebody says now he's turning us into monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And that you know kind of sets up this whole scene. Well one of the interesting things at this point in the movie so after the the deaths of Big John and Little John there is 
was a good like 20 30 minutes with no michael in this well because the fear is from the group yeah Yeah. but but that's just it is like it it keeps you you know it keeps you glued even when the the main character of this movie is is completely off screen and it's interesting because you know typically that's a choice that could you know kill you yeah yeah Yeah. one of the what i think is the most overrated films uh horror films ever is i know what you did last summer Mm -hmm. Uh, and they go like an hour without a kill in that film and it's just one of those rules you just shouldn't go that long without a kill in one of these films um unless you're freaking kubrick or something yeah Uh, you know like (laughs) and you know can like uh, or john carpenter for example can handle stuff like that Um, as as hawkins and and laurie are talking that's when he he finally tells her it's not all about you you know sartain was taking him to your house he wasn't just you know coming to your house for for shits and giggles Mm -hmm. yeah uh which is kind of an important moment right and also uh an f you to part two yeah uh, halloween (laughs) too <laughs> which is which is fine. Well, yeah. you know, I'm I'm all for that. I don't think they're brother and sister. So or they shouldn't be brother and sister. So so I'm all about that. Um Lonnie goes into the Myers house alone. So they go to the Myers house. They figure out, oh, he must be going to the Myers house based on where his yeah. kills are. It's a little goofy, but whatever. Uh they, so they figure that out. They go to the Myers house and all of a sudden Lonnie does what every smart person in a horror film does, which is he says, Let me do this by myself. Yeah. yeah. And he goes into the house by himself. I mean, it's pretty obvious from the few scenes that we have with Lonnie is that you know he's got it all together he's he's clearly <laughs> a a master at uh whatever he applies himself to oh yeah. wait that's that's not Lonnie at all no that is not Lonnie but he tries to have a little hero moment right you yeah. know he tries to say let me take care of this uh let me go in and, and he goes into in the, the Myers house yep he goes into the Myers house and a few seconds later we hear gunshots and the kids go in after him yeah. basically uh and here we're talking about Cameron and Allison I I will say this was a missed moment for me it still pays off so they'd been teasing this pitchfork you know mm-hmm. for the entire movie yes and i was was fully hoping that like as he was going into the house that it would just be michael and then he just runs him through from behind as soon as he opens the door oh, and then walks into nice. the house <laughs> That would have been nice. Uh, I like that. But it is funny. You po- you pointed out those pitchforks and the people on the front yeah. early in there. Uh, what's that um, Check- Alfred Hitchcock rule where it's like, don't show a gun in the first it's act? Chekhov's oh, it's Chekhov's gun. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're willing to shoot it. Is that yeah. right? In the a a gun in the first act always goes off in the third. Right. A pitchfork in the first act, you got to have uh, yeah. impale someone. In the- well, and had, <laughs> had they teased that pitchfork and then there'd be no pitchforking, mm-hmm. I would have dropped this movie a full star. Sure. But, but luckily, and we're not quite there yet they pitched for yeah they did um so where were we here oh i got it so um they find big john and little john dead the muse that creepy music yeah. is playing um and then, well he's also he's posed them in this like lovers you know mm-hmm. sort of stance where like they're listening to an album on the the record player and and big john has his head in little john's lap yeah, yeah. um and it's it's recreating one of the photos that they have on their mantelpiece yeah so michael responds to things in weird ways. Yeah. J- Jason doesn't do that. No. Uh, you know, like wouldn't do something like that. So it is, you know, part of his distinct character. He thinks a little bit more. Jason doesn't play with his kills. He's not a cat. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's correct. Um, so Cameron then gets, <laughs> this is what uh, Adam's going to be excited. Yeah. Uh, so this is when Cameron gets stabbed. 
Yeah. But then we'll we'll get into even more what happens to him. But initially he gets stabbed. Just stabbed in the chest. And Allison gets kicked down the stairs when she tries to fight him. And then it makes it look like she broke her leg. I I they she gets really hurt. Yeah. She does her scream queen thing. Then. Yeah. That's that's one of the times she really screams. Loud. And she's she's hopping around a little bit after that. Yep, absolutely. But then Cameron gets, I just have written down, severely fucked up by yeah. Michael. He just throws his head through like the banister and then just keeps pounding him into the floor and then up and down on this railing and then as he's walking down he's you keep waiting for his head to pop off almost and then michael walks down the stairs lonnie's head is still out and he looks at allison and then he just twists the full owl full owl So Cameron is dead, everyone. Just in case you weren't sure. Yeah, I will say there was part of me that almost wanted the head to get ripped off completely and thrown down the stairs. But, you know, good for them for subtlety. Sometimes the stuff I want is wrong. Uh, So that is completely fine. Uh, So Allison waits for him to get down the stairs where I would have run. Yeah, well, Uh, I mean, her legs hurt. So I think that's why. Fight or flight. She chooses fight because she can't flight. All right, I buy that. So uh, Allison almost died. But then, boom, she she starts saying, do it, do it. And you think she's almost got this death wish. But then you figure out she's talking to her mom, who is right behind him with the pitchfork. And she pitchforks him in the back. And so good. Everyone, you know, we get a Karen move. That's good. And Karen uh, basically tries to take him on a little bit. And then she grabs the mask. Yeah, she grabs the mask. And then what happens? And then she leads him. She lures him into the the posse, you know, waiting grounds and Mm. for the boss fight. That's right. So the mob forms around him. Brackett gets to say, so we didn't officially, Brackett was brought back. It was yeah. the actual guy. He looks so different. He's 40 years older. He's old. They did a good job yeah. of, of trying to bring back favorite characters for this because like they don't matter if you're coming into this new, mm-hmm. but it's a instantaneous way to establish cred with the, the Halloween fans. Sure, absolutely. And it's not like distracting either. Yeah. Like it, it kind of fits into the narrative. So it works. But Brackett says his famous line where it's, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, yep. uh, which doesn't really make sense in that no. context. But hey, but it's, woo, it's a tagline. I think when uh, that happened, I literally clapped and said, I recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and that, <laughs> that's what that was meant for. I'll give them one. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense. But sure, go ahead. I mean, it's 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 there because just in case you haven't like had that <gasps> moment of like, yeah, that is the same guy. They they feed you that line. Yeah. So the mob starts beating the crap out of Michael. Yeah. And yeah. then... And it's a pretty cool scene. I mean, you know, you it, it's one of the first times we see something like this in a Halloween movie. Karen is the one that like stabs him through the spine when he's on the ground. It's like the, what in theory would be the death blow, yeah. the quote unquote death blow Karen gets to give. And then she is told to go away because the mob will finish it, which is yeah. another thing that happens in horror, which is always dumb, but I get it. They have, you know, yeah. at some level horror is unbelievable. So you have to do these little shortcuts to make it believable. But like, uh, yeah, Karen decides to leave goes back to the the Meyer house or uh, starts to go back to the Myers uh, house and then we cut to Lori at the hospital giving like a fear monologue yeah it's it, I kind of zone out during some of these monologues mm-hmm. she says a lot of stuff that seems kind of deep is <laughs> talking about fear and the effect that it has on us well she, she talks about how fear is an undying force and sure. that that is his Michael's true legacy you know whether he's here or not the fear that he's 
imposed will be with us forever. He's the boogeyman. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, but then he starts to fight back. Yeah. Michael fights back. We get another group fight. Yeah. And he starts to kill a bunch doesn't of people. Doesn't go so great for the group. No, it really doesn't. So I don't know what the official kill count in this is because yeah. I started to lose track, but it's gotta be, this might be the highest kill count. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of, in Halloween. Yeah. 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 It definitely has to be. Anyway, so he starts fighting back against the mob while dramatic voiceover from uh, Laurie occurs. And then we see Karen. Uh, Karen is in the uh, Michael Myers house, goes to the sister's bedroom and looks out the window, which is what you're not supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, we have established that this is Michael's staring window and yep. then guests use the other one. Guests use the other window and Karen gets killed. Michael yeah. gets her. So we'll see if Karen is still alive in some <laughs> dramatic hospital scene at the beginning of the next one. Yeah. But that goes to the Halloween Kills title sequence or yeah. title card. And we now and know done. that Michael is invincible. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea what they're going to do in the next one. We'll find out in a year or so. But yeah, I mean, I think overall we both kind of liked this. Let's do yeah. the same three questions we normally do. And then we can go to like our, our temporary end of the season rankings. Um, what would you say you would do to improve this film if you had to improve this film in some way? I think that I would just trim some of the little like gags and, and, and side sure. stories. Just like it, none of them were like bad. Sure. It just wasn't something that uh, that I think necessarily needed to be there. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that I, I think I would have revisited how we treated the end of Halloween and like found some other ways to get us to the same same spot without necessarily needing to to retill that earth. Mm -hmm. I would have probably taken out the Lonnie had interacted with Michael mm -hmm. before thing because it just seemed kind of pointless. Yeah. Lonnie can well, Lonnie can just be some dude who wants to take down Michael. I don't yeah. know why he has to be. Uh, he can also just else. be a guy that you know he's a loser and he sees this is his moment to you know yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to turn it around like the in part that in particular stands out because of how Cameron acted in the the previous movie like mm. they completely changed his character this time around but with how he acted in the 2018 film like none of this tracks with a, a dad that knew or had experienced Michael Myers and it, he almost doesn't fit in with like the city too because sure. a lot of other people seem to know more about this than him yeah no I would agree so it's that that would probably be my fix did you have a favorite kill in this one i think that i am gonna go for favorite kill i think i might be with you that eye gouge was was pretty over the top it's it's kind of amazing that's the one i'm gonna go with that stab and although no just to be different so we have a second one because i do like that one mm -hmm. i think the cameron kill was pretty great actually was, it was so brutal and long and we don't get that normally yeah but also was, up there yeah. for me was the fluorescent tube that was that was brutal <laughs> That was pretty brutal. Um, last question. What would you give this out of 10 big, bright, shiny knives? Hmm. I think that I am going to do six big, bright, shiny knives mm -hmm. and one shotgunned up pumpkin. <laughs> How much is that worth? Uh, a half. Okay, so six so and a half. Six and a half. Uh, for this one, I I really liked this one. I we'll see how time uh, holds it, but I'm going seven big bright shiny knives and a fluorescent light bulb uh, that's been broken off, and that's worth two point two five. Okay. so I'm going to go seven point two five. So, so you one. broke it on the one end. I broke it on the one end. <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. So with that said, that's where, for anybody who's just listening to us, that's where we normally end it yeah. uh, for most of our shows, if you ever go back and listen to some of the other ones. Um, but we are, because it's kind of the end of the season for this, uh, or the end of our, our show, at least until another one comes out, we thought we might do a couple neat things. So we're going to do our top three kills, and then we are going to do um, our rankings of the Halloween films. So with that, uh, let's go to, you want to do kills first? Sure. Let's do kills first. So what did you put in your number three spot for kill? I, I think I'm going to still stick with, with Oscar and the fence from the last one. Okay. Like that, <laughs> Like, I don't know. It was just a, it was a well conducted scene. It was a good jump scare and it was, it was a payoff death. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to go with kind of a weird one for my third one, uh, which is I'm going to go with a Michael kill, even though he's not dead. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go with how it felt in the theater when I watched Halloween H2O to see Michael's head chopped off. Uh, and it felt, it. yeah, it felt like such a just kind of triumphant, like, fuck yeah, yeah, sort of moment. Um, so I'm going with that for That's my third one. What about number two for you? Um, um, the I forget his name already, but uh, Buddy, the electrician that that gets <laughs> <laughs> what happens to him? He I gets care. kicked into like a transformer box, and yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. My second is actually one that's already been mentioned, uh, so we have a similar one. I I like the uh, fence post kill, okay. and yeah. I love the uh, motion sensor lights build up to it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the uh, better jump scares that I've seen in one of these slashers. It's you see the jump scare coming, and it still kind of works on you when that last yeah. flash of light comes up, and his knife goes in, and it looks great to see him impaled on that fence. So yeah, I, I like that one. That's my number two. Uh, I, I think my number one is going to have to be from the original, the the very first stabbing and Im impaling him onto the wall, just because, you know, that is that is the kill that launched a thousand sequels. Yes. And I can't believe how on it, we're, we're in tune with each other on two of these three. That's my number one nice. ever. That's Paul, right? Yep. Paul. Uh, so the Paul, he never, she never did quite get that beer yep. because uh, he got hung up on the uh, on the wall. For notable mentions, I will I will put out the uh, the shotgun impalement. That was also shotgun <laughs> impalement is pretty great. Uh, there's a kill in part two I really like where Michael kind of pretends to be dead and then yeah. it's like surprise and slashes somebody's neck. I like that also one. that that scene with the 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 therapeutic hot tub kill is is always memorable <laughs> from Halloween oh, two. Oh, that's so good. That would probably be my number four actually. Yeah. Is the the hot tub kill uh, in part two? It is a great one. Well, let's go then to I think the major event, which is how we would rank these films. And let's start with number 12. And, you know, we can just talk, a, a you know, yeah. briefly about like why we did each one where we did. So what did you go with for number 12? This is going to be shocking. Yeah. To you. Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think that I talked this to death. I, I don't think that Rob Zombie is incapable of making a good movie because I, I still think that I like one of his films. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that, that that particular movie felt like a mess to me. Sure. And in a a nearly irredeemable way. Yeah. No, uh, I'm actually there too. It's number 12 for me. Yeah. Uh, so it is by far, in my opinion, the worst one. I think there are moments in uh, the film in the first 40 minutes that I like. Other than that, it's either boring or horrible yeah. uh, in notable ways, in my opinion. Um, what'd you do for number 11? Uh, Halloween 6. Okay. All right. We're going to differ here. So uh, Halloween 6, I put Halloween 5 for number 11. Okay. So uh, for me, Halloween will, you know, 
get into that. Uh, but what what made you put Halloween six there? It's just since they leaned so heavily on the cult stuff, and I don't know, it was a particularly bad performance by Paul Rudd, and I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> like, it's a good thing he had Clueless booked because sure. if that had been the only you know experience of Paul Rudd that America got, he would not have a career. There's an AU where Paul Rudd just goes to con- uh, horror, horror yeah. cons all the time and signs autographs, and nobody asks for him. <laughs> oh no. He gets uh, to sit next to Danielle Harris and then see her line and then you hear crickets and like a tumbleweed rolls by. <laughs> so I put Halloween 5 just because I think it's the most boring overall. Like mm. even though um, there's a uh, girl in there who I'm temporarily blanking the name of, but I really like one of the female mm-hmm. characters in there. I don't hate this film. The only one I would say I really dislike is Rob Zombie's yeah. first film. Other than that, I kind of find parts of them charming, but that's why I put that in number uh, 11. What did you put in number 10? 10, I have Halloween 5. Okay, I have Halloween 6. So we just okay. inverted those two. Yeah. I think the, the tiebreaker for me is I just find the cult stuff a little bit more charming. I don't know why. Like, I find it kind of goofy in a way that I find funny. Um, And I love seeing the dad get killed. Mm-hmm. And I like bad acting Paul Rudd. I don't know why. So I just find it a little funny. The weird thing to me is I like a lot of cult movies. There's just mm-hmm. something about this particular cult that just never. You don't like that rune. Me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dumb rune. <laughs> it is a dumb rune. Um, so that's, that's fair. So what did we put in the number nine position? I'm going to bet we both put the same thing, but go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to take that bet. Okay. Go for it. $5. No, cause never mind. I just remembered. <laughs> I just remembered what you're going to say. Okay. never mind. Go ahead. Uh, my, mine is Rob Zombie's Halloween yep. too. I forgot that that was out there. So, uh, <laughs> I forgot that was out there still. Talk a little bit about that and then I'll say what my number nine is. So I will agree with you. It is definitely an improvement from the Mm -hmm. first one. Sure. It just just felt way too convoluted to me. Mm -hmm. And like, I think maybe if it wasn't a Halloween movie that maybe I would have given a little bit more leeway or slack. Okay. It just, it felt not like a Halloween movie. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I I can see that. This from the man who loves Halloween three though. But okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Give me a hard time. If Rob Zombie had had the the courage in his heart to just make a Halloween movie with no Michael Myers, sure. then then maybe I would have like tried to to recognize the artistry in that. That's fair. That is completely fair. And the number nine spot, I had Halloween Retribution uh, or R- not Resurrection? Uh, Resurrection. Okay. Even though, um, keep in mind, I like all these movies, yeah. so I don't think of this as like a, really that it's a problem. It's just less interesting to me. Yeah. As much as I liked the rewatch, and Hay was so supportive of it when he was on our show that it kind yeah. of it kind of made me kind of like it a little bit more it rose in my rankings a little bit seeing the the somebody like it so much but uh, such a large component of that movie is oh, yeah. boring yeah it, i have that as my number eight okay let's go, let's go into it so yeah, yeah it, it definitely has some boring stuff but it also has some fun stuff because it didn't take itself seriously yeah that is something that i wish some of these earlier sequels would have caught on to and just made it fun rather than try and you know make a serious horror movie sure because when you're this many sequels deep, it's hard. It yeah. just is. Well, other than Laurie and Loomis, Busta is probably the best character yeah, he's maybe great. in all of Halloween history. Like, he was really cool. I he should him. be in more horror movies. <laughs> yeah. He was He was great. He is absolutely great. So, you had that as your eight. I have Halloween 2 as my, not the, okay. the original yeah, Halloween yeah. 2, as my number eight. Um, it's fun. I do like this film. Uh, there is truth to the fact. I just w- have been re-listening to the episodes just to check them out and see mm-hmm. like what's going on. And we talked 
talked in part two about how there's no real character arc, like nothing, yeah. nothing happens. It's just more kills. And yeah. I think that's why it's just a little lower for me. Well, Halloween two is Halloween doing Friday the 13th. And I think that that's why sure. it, it didn't stick the landing for me mm-hmm. because it's, it was an original thing that was copying a copy. And, you know, if anyone who's worked a, a photocopier knows that that, that pays diminishing returns. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was, so that was my number eight. So we've both done number eight. What did you have at number seven? Uh, number seven, I had Halloween four. Okay. I have that as number seven as well. Yeah. Um, kind of fun. I still, I actually like the ending to it uh, with mm-hmm. Loomis screaming. I like uh, some of the things that happen in it. It's just not quite as good as these other ones. I think of that plot line, that is the movie that does it best, but mm-hmm. I still don't like it. No, no, no. I, I completely get that. Uh, like, I completely get that. Yeah. Like Daniel Harris was, was a good star, especially for being a kid at the time. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, she's, she's charming. She makes a lot of appearances in the series, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just, it, this was, that was the start of as, as things were starting to get convoluted. And I, I started to kind of check out a little bit. Yeah. It's the best of the, that trilogy, which isn't considered to be that good. Yeah. I will say though, it is a, like, if you want just a good cheesy, like horror movie to mm-hmm. watch with a group of people, it would yeah. probably be great. For yeah. That. It's a traditional kind of slasher thing. Like there's mm-hmm. fun parts. It's, it's well, very watchable. And it's, it's, it doesn't take itself so seriously that, you know, if you get up to go get popcorn or a beer, you're not going to feel bad that you miss stuff. Sure. Absolutely. I would agree with that. We now get to the top six. For me, I would describe myself as really liking all six of these personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's kind of the tier we're getting to. There's a God tier at the end. I think we're yeah. both going to have the same number one. There, yeah. There's a God tier. But like uh, these, this then moves into five straight movies that I would say I like. And they were kind of close in the rankings for me. Um, so for number six, I actually have Halloween 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you? That is where I have Halloween 2, the original. That is the last one before I'm in a similar place to you where Mm -hmm. I I like most of the ones that are left after this. Yeah. I wonder Uh, where the gap is for us. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's a film I'll get to soon, but uh, any, you know, thoughts on Halloween 2 you wanted to share? Uh, I mean, I think it was, it was a script full of fun kills, Mm -hmm. but they really could have benefited from, from having like a a script editor, somebody to come in and say, Hey, this feels a little light. Like, can we, can we maybe add a little bit more personality to these people so that we care about them? Sure. No, I agree. In fact, most of the people in there are horrible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, reason I chose Halloween 2018, as I said, I really like most of these films. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the humor in there didn't work and, uh, for me, at least. I we, yeah. we talked about that on the episode, and I just hate the Sartain character so much; it really annoys me, especially uh, like the the murder mm-hmm. uh, part. You know, like later in the film, um, and so I just it just felt a little contrived to me at parts. Yeah. But that that's it. Overall, I think it's a really good movie. It's fun. The kills are great. The casting is great. Jamie Lee's great in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. What'd you put for number five? So, for number five is actually going to be this one for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uh, same for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, what'd you think? Of, I mean, I mean, I, I thought that this was was pretty good overall. Um, I think some of the other movies were a little bit more to the point. That didn't take me out of this, but having hung out with you for a while, mm-hmm. I, I am starting to understand your appreciation for the 90-minute horror movie. Yeah. Like, it, it has a little bit of magic to it. The same way, you know, that the 30 minute horror anthology short does. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and it's that's the thing is with horror, you know, more is not always better. 
reason. Yeah. Because when you give less, at least when you give less in regards to the monster, the killer, etc., then it makes your brain fill it in. It is that theater of the mind. It is it is those those depths within yourself that are filling in the information that's not there. Sure. Like you can't do that with your characters. See Halloween too for for my reference on that. Mm-hmm. But with the actual scary thing itself, you want a glimpse. You want an idea of what this thing is. It, it's similar to Jaws. If you had been looking at that shark the entire movie, it wouldn't have been sc- as scary. Right. Agreed. And I, I think that this movie also did that with Michael's face. Is like you have little glimpses of his face, but there's never a point where like Michael's just standing there sure. and and you're looking at his fucked up face. And right. right. No. I mean, I put it in number five again. I like all these, but uh, for me, maybe the beginning was just a little goofy. But I love the mob mentality sense. I think what gives it the slight edge over the last one is that it's just a little different. Like yeah. this, this just doesn't feel like any of the other Halloween films, which is nice. Where the first one kind of felt like it. And when I say it doesn't feel like it, I don't mean I want them to completely change the formula. It just it held on to good things about Halloween, but did something a little unique. Yeah, and I uh, I appreciate that. So yeah, so it's number five for me. I think it, I think these next three is when we're gonna like vary a lot. So I have or there's four left. Oh, there's four. I just mean the next three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I yeah. assume we have the same number yeah. one. Um, For number four spot, I have Halloween three. And this actually went up a rating for me, a ranking for me, because I just watched this again last night mm-hmm. with my friend, Lin- well, with Lindsay, who is in episode two yep. and a regular on all that film. Um, what did she think? And she liked it. Uh, nice. Now, the only thing that makes me put it a little bit lower is that first 30 minutes, unless you think Tom Atkins is hysterical <laughs> like we do, that first 30 minutes can be really yeah. boring. Like super boring. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you recognize that they're you know they are establishing an entirely new storyline. But yeah. yeah, I agree that there are times that you know it could just pick up the pace. Yeah, yeah. But the last hour is freaking yeah. amazing. So, uh, so yeah, for me it's great. I put it up there pretty high. What'd you put in number four? Uh, my number four is Halloween H two O. Okay. There, there's a lot of stuff that I like with this movie. There are a couple like weird spots in the center, you know, with like the cat and mouse stuff that. Like it, a lot of it works for me, mm-hmm. but not all of it. Sure. Yeah, I I like LL Cool J. I I love Laurie. You know, finally like fighting back yeah, and yeah. and like I said, yeah, I I, I want to see Laurie take on all the big slashers. Oh yeah, absolutely. I th- I think it makes sense. Um, in my number, we're on number three now, right? Yeah. Okay. In the number three spot, here we go. I put Rob Zombie's Halloween two in the number three spot. I really like this film, except for the ending. Um. I think it's fun. I get all of the criticisms against it, and I just don't care. For yep. some reason, I for some reason I just really like this film. Um, I enjoy. I think her name's Scout Taylor Compton, yeah. the one who plays Laurie. I like the weird AU feel to it, and I think it improves on a ton of stuff that Number One did poorly. Or Rob mm-hmm. Zombie's first one did poorly with. It's the one you and I have the greatest disjuncture on. Yeah. I just yeah, I just like it. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Would you put in the number three spot? Oh, uh, my number three is Halloween 2018. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, a film we've talked about already. What, for example, uh, well, I know what you're doing next. Any any general thoughts on Halloween 2018? I, I think that it was a, you know, getting back to the basics and it, it was a game plan that I think a, a lot more sequels need to to be willing to shelve or, or remove things that didn't work from previous films. Mm-hmm. So the one gripe that I have with Halloween Kills was that I, I think that they did that on some things that I didn't want to be replaced, but overall Halloween H2O, Halloween 2018. I like that some of these films are willing to say, hey, let's let, let's ignore this. Sure, absolutely. No, I don't disagree at all. Um, so 
those were our number threes. In the number two spot, I had Halloween H20. Mm-hmm. I, I think I just saw this at a good age too. So it just sticks in my mind. Like I yeah. saw it in my teen years when I was already like a big horror fan and it was just so satisfying. I love the Janet Lee. I love the oh, little yeah, homage stuff in it. And it, there's aren't a ton of kills in it, but I just like the pacing of yeah. it. I like all the characters in it. LL Cool J is great. Um, and I love what they do with Lori. Even, obviously, I guess since I rated it number two, even more so a little bit than what they're doing in the new mm-hmm. ones. I like what they're doing in the new ones as well. But I kind of loved the like uh, mischievous, alcoholic headmaster, yeah. you know, headmaster well, of the school vibe. And also, I, I thought it was fun. We yep. couldn't get to the direction that we're going in the new ones without Halloween H2O. Sure. Let's be honest. Yeah. And it just happened that when I should have been sleeping last night uh, so that I'd be, you know, more rested for today's yeah. escapades. <laughs> uh, instead of doing that, I started watching this um, this doc series that Netflix has been putting out for a while called The Movies That Made Us. And they had an episode on Halloween and seeing some of the the behind the scenes uh, story of how that movie was made yeah. made me appreciate it so much more. The mm-hmm. fact that, you know, you're working off a $300,000 budget that John Carpenter did everything he did for that movie for $10,000. It's crazy. Um, but then the, the fact that everybody that worked on it, they're also just all friends that kind of like bandwagoned each other into this project and to me as as somebody who loves film and who does some camera work and that sort of thing to me it, this is what indie film is supposed to be sure it is supposed to be gathering a band of what you have available and trying to you know to strike gold yeah and and this was a case where it happened and and we get to see you know the careers of all these people stretch out from the same branch mm-hmm. to me that's just something very special you know outside of the fact that the movie is almost perfect on its own to have also started this ball rolling had this movie not been successful we would have never had like the thing or some of these these later carpenter movies that i i just love yeah no it's it's a lot you know it in in addition to that it launched a kind of a a whole horror yeah subgenre <laughs> in many ways i mean we talk about the films before it but for me halloween is the the first like traditional oh, yeah. slasher sort of concept well it's uh, the first one where like all of the the crucial components are there yeah yeah absolutely I I agree. Well, and they they talk about in the the making of thing that the producer swears that this it was never going to be called this, but you know there's rumblings. There's always been rumblings that the original title for Halloween was going to be called the Babysitter Murders, mm. and how much that would have hurt this film. Sure, I agree. It puts a whole different frame on it. Yeah, yeah. So we both agree it's number one. Yeah, number one. Go out and see it. This has been uh, our show. I'm sure. In a or year- do, do we want to do some some final thoughts on the series? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, never yeah. mind. So uh, I, I forgot that I'd meant to ask that. Um, what do you think? So this series, we've just watched all of them. How's it changed your view on the franchise? What do you think of the franchise? What's all up? Right. So I'm, I'm going to give you some of my, my lasting impressions and lessons from this this franchise, as well as my pitch for an absurd next Halloween movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> First of all, we, we, we learn a lot in, in these movies. It, yeah. it may not seem like it, but here are the two big lessons of the Halloween franchise. One, confront your problem. Okay. Like, yes. do not be a, a passive presence in in the wake of terror. Do not sit idly by as as this stuff just washes over you. You may not succeed, but push back. Sure. And I, I think that is the ultimate glory lesson. The other thing is be willing to reinvent yourself. These films did it. Michael never did. Michael is always the same, and and you know maybe that is why he is trapped as this character. But these films have have reinvented themselves. They have cut out you know what didn't work. They have they have introduced 
introduce new elements. And I think that that is some valuable lesson. Be willing to part with your past to embrace your future. Nice. I like um, that. And finally, my pitch. Mm-hmm. So we've established at the end of this film that Michael is the is powered by evil. Right. So what do we take? They they finally capture Michael. They bring him to a facility. Like we're we're doing Area 51 style tests on Michael. Okay. And somehow the power contained within breaches the dimensional fold and we enter the Michaelverse. Where all of these <laughs> these plot lines are simultaneously true and you have the the iterations of Michael all active at once. I love it. I actually really like that. Hey, multiverses are so hot right yeah. now. So yeah. Into the Michaelverse. Well, we might as well do that. That's funny. My uh particular stance on this, I, I guess, would be I, I think I've come to appreciate this franchise a little more than I did before going mm-hmm. through this process of doing it all. It's still probably not my favorite where I would say I still like Friday and A Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think what this one does especially well is something you touched on uh, or, and discussed, which is allowing itself to reinvent itself. Yeah. Like Halloween has had the most reboots of the franchise. Uh, Friday the 13th tried to do it once yeah. so far and uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street tried to, tried to do it once and that's one of the worst movies literally the one of the worst movies yeah. I've ever seen was the the new A Nightmare on Elm Street movie and Halloween has managed to make some kind of cool reboots yeah. and like uh, you know soft reboots I guess is what you'd call them but like these sequels uh, it experimented with things and I look forward to you know seeing it more I think what makes it held back a little bit is that it uh, those those middle ones are a little weak yeah. uh, and especially the kills in like four or five or six there's just that gap of uh, in like the middle of the, yeah. the history of the franchise. But overall, I would say this was a good experience. I think it has six great films that are not great, but six pretty good films out yeah. of 12. And it has like five more like decent, you know, watchable films. Yeah. There's just one, in my opinion, true stinker, like not, you can't even get joy out of watching it. Yeah. And that's Rob Zombie's first Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that yeah, for the invention that this movie did and the reinvention, it, it was willing to, you know, escape its mold. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's important, especially if you're going to have a long lasting franchise yeah. that people are going to fall in love with over time. But yeah. Well, and that, that's just it is like not all of this is going to be hits, um, but you don't have to get mired down in that. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Mired. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that, and yeah, those are my thoughts on it. I think that's good. If I, I, uh, I don't have a true reboot, but I would love to see our uh, next film. I just want to see these horror villains in snow. I don't yeah. know why. I just think <laughs> I, I want to see blood and snow that's that's cool to me so yeah i think that's it right yeah so for those of you who are listening for the first time check out our other stuff we're yeah. big screen boogeyman the halloween podcast uh we may do this again for a different franchise yeah. when rich uh, gets uh, some more sleep yeah. after having when, edited all these when these rings under my eyes are gone <laughs> but we have some ideas and hopefully we'll see you again and then if uh nothing else we'll definitely uh check in back when the next halloween movie comes yeah. out i think probably well I'm, I'm gonna thank you for for putting this together todd and thank you for putting this together rich uh and and thank you for anyone who is listening at home it it has been it's been a trip yes it definitely it definitely has so until we talk to you next time uh watch more movies and uh watch out for michael myers yeah right big screen boogeyman out big screen boogeyman out